0: Hey there, hi there, ho there. We don't care about your headache.
1: Wake your ass up!
0: We don't care about the girl you missed out on last night. Because if you'd had her, you wouldn't be listening to this. You'd be having some uh, wanky-wanky, slappy-slappy, fun-fun-fun.
1: You'd be in the shower right now, washing each other up.
0: (laughs) But instead, you're stuck with us. He's a conquistador, Dave Heights. He's the maestro, Kevin Crane. We are not your sloppy seconds. We are your first choice
1: (laughs) for pop culture entertainment news.
0: That's right, as always, here on the Weekend Edition. This week, hitting on June the 17th, 2023, we have one of the most anticipated album releases of the year. Yes, we start off, as always, with music. We start off with rock and roll. And in this case, we start off with Gary Sharon, Nuno Betancourt, and the boys in Extreme. The new album, 15 years after Saudades de Rock, this is six. 12 songs, starting off
1: with the first track released, Rise, which. We reviewed one of the top songs on the album.
0: One of the top songs of the year. And the thing is, the album starts off with the first four songs are the first four releases basically in order. Yeah. Who does that? These guys. So we go Rise, Hashtag Rebel, Banshee, and Other Side of the Rainbow. Yep, which we've done over the weeks. I will say this, I will say this, I will say there is not a better, in recent memory, one, two, three, starting combo punch to your rock and roll gut than Rise, Hashtag Rebel, and Banshee.
1: I completely agree. This is a solid one, two, three, getting you into the album. And then we hit the roadblock. As we talked about, was it last week? Two weeks ago? Yeah, last week. Last week with "Other Side of the Rainbow," their cheesy ass ballad. Well,
0: let's, but, put, let's let's put this in perspective, Dave. What was the cheesy ass ballad
1: at the time?
0: Yeah, in perspective now, I look at "Other Side of the Rainbow" and I go, this half this, bad. This, this not this, half bad.
1: This is probably this is the bad. best of the slow songs they have on here."
0: Yes. 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 Yeah. As as Sally said in the deli, and when Harry met Sally. Yes, <laughs> yes. 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 yes, yes. yes. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I I hate to say this because I had such unbelievable high hopes for this mm-hmm. album that after that triple punch combo, that Conor McGregor laying Boom. out the Miami Boom. Heat mascot Boom. combo. The rest of the album for me is Kinda very sh- hit and missed.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very
0: mediocre. Um, as Dave said, you get other side of the rainbow, and then followed up by, in my opinion, the worst song on the album. Uh, this something... is, there,
1: there's two in the running for worst.
0: This is something a third grader could have wrote. Small town beautiful. Sorry, a third grader Come in on. Kansas. This this was bad. This is awful. This is an off I mean, literally poorly written. I expect better from these guys. Yeah, this this was just what the hell were you doing? You've had 15
1: years to put a solid album together, and you include Small
0: Town Beautiful, really? Yeah, I, I was not a fan at all of this song. Then we get into what if you know Extreme. If you've listened to all their albums, you know they can get experimental. They can go off the rails a little bit. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Sometimes we welcome bands trying to try different things. Right. Now, track six, The Mask, with Nuno doing the little creepy vocals. Yeah, that wasn't bad. I didn't mind it. No. It was pretty decent.
1: It was a nice rebound from yeah, small, from town, small beautiful. town beautiful. Yeah, this gave me hope that we're going back in the right direction.
0: Yep, and then all of a sudden we get into the heavy industrial synthesizers with "Thicker Than Blood" and "Save Me." They're okay. Yeah, "Thicker Than Blood" I would say is catchy, but the problem is, if you look at the lyrics, I mean, what is it other than? Love is thicker than blood, love is thicker than blood, love is thicker than blood. Yeah, we get it. It's almost a dance track in a way. Yeah. You know? And not a great dance track. No. I'll take it, but I'm not really happy with it. No,
1: to me that was a meh.
0: The same with Save Me. Save me, Save Me sounded to me like a song that had potential, but it wasn't fully formed. Yeah, it, it didn't have that catchy chorus in it. It rocked, it but rocked, for but no purpose. Right.
1: It missed the catchy chorus. Yeah, it, had no purpose. It. it didn't have a rug to tie it together.
0: <laughs> Very good, Lebowski. Very good. <laughs> then we get the next slow song. <sighs> I guess I didn't mind Hurricane, especially when compared to Small Town Beautiful.
1: It was better, but still it was... Eh, what was it trying to be? I mean, it kind of starts off almost sounding like time of your life. And then it goes into... Okay? It just... No. It didn't do it for me. That was
0: in the running for one of the worst. I can't argue with that. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) But then we get... You want to talk about experimental and heavy synthesizers. Then we get X X, out. I have a question mark next to this one. I don't know what the hell this song is. I mean,
1: the way it started. It's almost
0: six minutes long.
1: Yeah. It it had that almost a feel with the guitar and the beginning vocals, like you might have gotten something from Ultra Bridge and then kind of went off
0: the rails a little bit. Yeah, I thought Nuno Bettencourt's guitar was good in this one. He, yeah. played, he played guitar, good good solo, is what I'm trying to no, get No, I, I like the chorus, X out, X out. See, I didn't like the chorus at all. I thought but it was, that was pointless. I thought it was pointless, it wasn't catchy. It was
1: better than everything
0: else on it. Yeah, see, X out to me is a perfect example of
1: Why? what happens
0: with extreme when they... They try to experiment, and they go too far. Yeah. Definitely. Then we get the, the blatant, the, not blatant, tribute to Van Halen. Yes. The, the reggae beat. I thought it was. It sounded like a Jimmy Buffett song. <laughs> that
1: that whole island yeah. type
0: feel, yeah. Yes,
1: but for beautiful girls. But it is
0: a tribute, a thinly veiled tribute to Van Halen. Number one by the title, yeah. And number two by the fact they reference California girls. But
1: then a lot of it referenced back to the Beach Boys. I wish they all could be California. Well, we'll see. That could be David Lee but Roth that could too. be. So it's kind of the combo. And at the
0: end. With the kiss, the kiss is the same ending as Van Halen's Beautiful Girls. So I think this was Nuno's not-so-subtle-but-subtle Van Halen tribute.
1: Could be. Not bad!
0: No. It's fun. It's jaunty.
1: Yeah, it's that poppy little fun summer tune. Right. Not horrendous.
0: And then we close out with Here's to the Losers. Which, again, I think this is like, save me. I think this is a song that might have had potential if it would have been done differently. But again, it was the anti
1: we talk- are the champions.
0: We talked about this with Matchbox 20 a few weeks ago with the chorus, the kids chorus. Yeah. Well, why, why do we have to have Godsmack did this? Why do we have to have the chorus? Just do the goddamn song. Yeah.
1: Not not strong at all.
0: Well, I was, I was worried because it sounds like you and I are pretty simpatico on this. I was worried you were going to come out guns blazing saying this is awesome. This is extreme no, extremes back, that's, baby. That's what I was worried from you knowing how much you were anticipating
1: it yeah, as no, well. No. And this was just <clears throat> really 15
0: years. And this is what you give us. Yeah. Because of course, the first three songs just they release, boom, boom, boom. And you're like, oh my God, this is going to be fantastic. And, and then the rest of it is kind of. <laughs> I hate to, I, hate, I have to say, going back to last week,
1: I'll this take is... Rival
0: Sons over this, even though it's yeah. only eight songs. Yeah. It's eight stronger it's songs. Definitely. Than the 12 stronger. we get here.
1: Yeah. This is,
0: I will give Extreme Six. Because of the strength of the first three songs, The Mask is good. You know, Save Me is okay. Beautiful Girls is okay. I will give it a week, week, week three frenzies. I can only go a very strong
1: two and a half just because when it's bad, it's bad. And that the bad cannot overcome overcome the good, the good, the, the, or the good cannot overcome the bad.
0: Right. So
1: it's, it's right in that you're a weak three. I'm a strong two and a half. Yeah, we're right. in the same vein. It, we're
0: not far off. We're not far off again. I think this is me, but rise tolerating. is still in the
1: running for song of the year. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, I think this is more because I, can tolerate the weaker songs a little bit better than you for the most part except small town beautiful <laughs> just makes me want to throw up it in makes a me coffee cringe can. oh my god it makes i me mean cringe. that is just so beneath them the, t- you take that a- that song off this album just take it off and it's better addition by subtraction
1: absolutely
0: i could live with hurricane I can live with the other side of the rainbow, but Small Town Beautiful, out of the three slow songs, is just abysmal.
1: No, you take out Small Town Beautiful, and here's to the losers, drop it down to ten songs,
0: and close and it out with better. Beautiful Girls.
1: Yeah. Then you're in a better place. Then I can give it a three.
0: Eh, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. I think though I I might actually take X out out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I would think agree I like Here's to
0: the Losers more than you. Probably. Is, I'm not saying it's a great song. I'm just saying I didn't hate it as much as you seem to.
1: Yeah, and I liked x out a little bit more than you.
0: Right. So they're so still close, still yeah. very close. And again, as Dave and I never consult before our reviews. He's worried about me. I'm worried about him <laughs> because we both had high hopes for this, and we're both thinking one of the two of us is going to think this is a good album. Well, I think it it's... sucks, and it <laughs> yeah. turns out we're we...
1: both on the same page. Yeah. So there not, you it go.
0: It doesn't suck. It
1: doesn't suck. It's, it's just, just disappointing. Yes, just disappointing. Kind of where we've been so far most of this year.
0: Yeah, I'm outside
1: Arrival Sons.
0: Yes. Which still, again, wasn't the be-all, end-all. It wasn't the be-all,
1: end-all, but it's just more solid. solid.
0: Yes. All right, we've got one song review for you this week.
1: Yep. Slipknot's Corey Taylor venturing solo again, this time with the song Beyond.
0: Yeah, and he did some cover songs within the last year or two that we enjoyed. Yeah. He did On the Dark Side. Um, So he's got that... That uh, 80s rock heart that we can respect and admire.
1: Yeah, he's got a really good voice when he just flat out sings, when he's not doing his screamy stuff.
0: Okay, if you say so. (laughs) Well, better than some. Yeah, because my problem with the song is that I didn't think his vocals were strong enough to carry the song. Um, Well, that's not the only... I liked it the band. I liked the instrumental parts of the song, the guitar, drums were driving, drums were very good. I just didn't think number one the song was very well written. And I don't think in this case Corey Taylor's vocals could propel it to a different level.
1: No, that this to me was kind of a generic song. Yes. Yes. There was it had good bones to it.
0: But even that's a good way to look at it, yes.
1: Even the guitar work and the drum work was insert any lyric here, right. right. It could be almost any song,
0: yeah. yeah. so I'll give it a I'll give it a week two frenzies.
1: That's about where it belongs,
0: yeah, yeah. Now so. Dave is taking next week off rightfully so anniversary week for him and Mrs. C so we are going to hold off on alice cooper who has a new album coming out just announced alice cooper's new album road will be out august the 25th the first single i am alice wow really sudden there (laughs) um we will review in two weeks for you as well as A recommendation from Dave.
1: Yep. Something new that popped up while this, after listening to six Deadly Vices. They've got a new album coming out, Down River, and we will do the title track, Down River.
0: Now, in two weeks, again, keep in mind, Dave's off next week. Next week, I will review the new Queens of the Stone Age. In Times New Roman, Dave will have to catch up with that. But in two weeks, in two weeks, kids, you're getting the Alice Cooper song. You're getting the Deadly Vices song. And you are getting a double shot. Not only are you getting Dave's review of The Struts. That's right. But we will have not only a review of, in two weeks, the new John Mellencamp album. Orpheus Descending, but also a concert review of Mr. Mellencamp live in South Bend, Indiana. So in two weeks, a jam-packed music segment here.
1: It's gonna be crazy cuckoo, kids.
0: Get your cocoa puffs ready. But yeah, very interesting how that falls into place where we will review not only the new Mellencamp album, but the new but concert. The concert. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah, there's not a lot. That's all I got. We got the Beatles. We got Paul McCartney talking about the final Beatles song ever. He's constructing using AI. Okay. Screw AI. Skynet, kids. Skynet. You know, uh, just another money grab, in my opinion. You know, he's got to pay for his funeral. to to reproduce (laughs) John Lennon's. What I've heard, the rumors I've heard are the only reason he's doing this is because George Harrison's dead. Supposedly, there was a song that they were going to release when the three were alive. Harrison, Starr, and mccartney And what they released, Free as a Bird, years ago. With Jeff Lynne producing. Yeah. But there was another song sitting out there that Harrison didn't like at all that featured Lennon. Lennon had sent McCartney a little snippet on piano of a certain song, and Harrison just said it was ultimate crap. Well, if it's coming from John, it probably (laughs) was. But now with Harrison dead, McCartney, I think... Feels like he can do this song and rework it. This is just the rumors, the speculations, the suppositions. But supposedly, this song is going to be the one that he's going to turn into the final Beatles song. Okay. And it's fine because as we listen to it, Skynet will rain
1: down fire from the heavens and kill us all. And the Terminator will rise from the ashes. There you go. And the first
0: thing he'll do is kill Arnold Schwarzenegger for FUBAR.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes, please. (laughs) So bad.
0: Don't you worry, kids. I've got yet another TV streaming show to stay away from. Last time it was FUBAR. I got a new one for you. But next up, movies, 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 and a book review.
1: That's right.
0: I have my review of the new incarnation of Raymond Chandler's Philip Marlowe, starring Liam Neeson. Yep. And I have the new Joe Nesbo book, the
1: new Harry Hole crime novel.
0: So we're not even close to being done yet. Down some aspirin, gargle, take care of bitness. Get your coffee, fry up some eggs, cook some bacon. You'll be good to go. Yep. Quick promo break. Dave and I will be right back. She walked into my office just as I was reaching for the bottle in my bottom desk drawer. Legs till Tuesday, lips like pillows. I want to hire you, she said, to find Sports Frenzy 2.0. Doll," I said. That would be the easiest case ever. Sports Frenzy 2.0 is on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, everywhere you listen to podcasts. She nodded to herself, sat down and smiled. I grabbed two glasses. Life was good, and so is Sports Frenzy 2.0.
1: Welcome back to the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. And I'm the Maestro Kevin Crane. And now it's time for movies and books on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher. Here we are, dropping June 17th, 2023. Wake your ass up.
0: You got to do something with your life. You might as well spend Saturday morning with us because you can't spend it with that beautiful girl from the night before. Because she turned
1: out to be not so beautiful after those beer goggles went away.
0: (laughs) At least she wasn't a chick with a dick. (laughs) Which, if you listen to the media, that's one out of every five person people walking the earth.
1: Not quite. Her and you, you on the floor.
0: <laughs> all right. Movies for this week. Dave and I are aficionados of old school and new school detective stories. We will get to one of the new school detective stories in our book review segment. Yep. But, so we tie this all together. See, we everything meshes. I have a movie review of an old school detective in a new movie. He has been played by Humphrey Bogart. He has been played by Robert Mitchum. He has been played by Elliot Gould. He has been played by James Garner. And now one of the greatest, if not the greatest, American detectives of all time, Philip Marlowe played by Liam Neeson in the new movie Marlowe, directed by Neil Jordan. So you've got some credibility there, some cachet, award-winning director. Yep. Top action hero
1: of now
0: and Liam. And a very, very solid cast. Diane Kruger, Jessica Lange, um... Danny Houston. Yep, With an iconic
1: lead character.
0: Right. God, it's, it's, it's gotten terrible reviews from what I've seen. Terrible reviews obviously didn't get a huge wide release, barely made a blip at the box office. But again, because of our love for these types of stories, these types of movies, had to give it a shot had to give it a shot so it's based on the black-eyed blonde um very good book yep came out a little over i believe a decade ago um again it's just one of those books that carries on obviously the tradition yeah um we've seen it with robert b parker we've seen it with clive cussler um the estates, the publishing companies just can't can't wait to continue these beloved characters, these well-known characters into new territory.
1: Yep. And if you get the right author to pick up the mantle, they don't miss a beat. Right.
0: We've seen it with Vincent Lardo in the Archie McNally series. We've seen it with um, Ace Atkins, who unfortunately just stopped writing the Spencer novels, yeah, for the late, great Robert B. Parker. Now it's Mike Lupica. Ugh. Um, but it, it can be carried on, it can be done well. So, in terms of movies, what we get now is uh, Benjamin Black's again, The Black Eyed Blonde. Um, That is a pseudonym, of course. But as Dave said, the book, we both read the book. The book is solid. The book is good. Um, Pretty much keeps to the spirit of the old tone and style of Raymond Chandler. And again, as I mentioned, the reviews were pretty harsh from what I saw. And I will chalk that up to two things. I will chalk that up to, number one, the fact that people In 2023, don't want to see a movie set during World War II, 1940s West Coast America. People need to get over themselves. And number two... You got to enjoy the noir genre. That's the thing. Number two is the noir genre. You have to have patience and you have to look at detail and listen to how the words are spoken, the cadence, the subtlety of the language. Because it will come back to play an important role. So I think those two reasons in, in major part are why Marlowe's not getting great reviews. Because if I compare it to the Gold, the Garner, I don't know if I should compare it to the Classics, the Bogart, but even the Mitchums, it's not all that much worse than those movies were. I have a, a fondness for James Garner. I thought Elliot Gould, when they made that, was a little bit of a hipster doofus.
1: Yeah. They, he when he played, played him Philip Marlowe. Kind of a bumbling, kind of almost a precursor
0: to Columbo. Yeah. Mumbled a lot. Yeah. Marlowe has a little more confidence than that. Marlowe has a lot of
1: confidence. Come on.
0: So breaking down Liam Neeson as Philip Marlowe and the plot and the cast. um, I will say this is a trifle underrated. I'm not saying it's great. I am not saying it's up to the level of Marlowe. With James Garner. It's probably about as good as the Elliot Gould. Okay, it's The tolerable. Long Goodbye.
1: It's tolerable.
0: Yeah, it's not abysmally awful like a lot of the reviews, again, are giving you because of the reasons I've already put out there. People don't have patience for old movies that were set 90 years ago. And people don't have patience to listen to the dialogue, a dialogue-heavy movie, as opposed to a special effects-laden, action-heavy, Transformers movie.
1: Yeah, it's not for the ADHD
0: crowd. Right. Liam Neeson does a good job. He's actually very well cast for this role at this point in time in his life because he looks old liam neeson can play the world weary older philip marlowe so i did actually like him a bit more than i thought i would playing philip marlowe um in the supporting cast again diane krueger jessica lang danny houston alan cumming very funny very well well done is the mob uh the the big crime boss nice of course, Alan Cumming is gay. They don't it's a checkbox, but it's not a checkbox. This is one where you can accept it because they're very subtle and smart about it, where they don't they it, don't throw it in your face, but there's a very funny line where they never come out. His character never says he's gay. But there's a line where he he says, Yeah. I like to go to the the Country Club which is a central part of the plot of the the story, but they usually only let me come in through the back door
1: <laughs> and he turns he
0: turns immediately to Philip Marlowe and goes, "Don't say anything. <laughs> no further comment needed. I thought that was very funny very very funny. you know there you go. Again, it's not groundbreaking, it's not fantastic, but you could do worse. And again, if you like these old school type of movies, Maltese Falcon, The Long Goodbye, The Big Sleep, there's nothing wrong with Marlowe. There's really nothing wrong with it. Um It it did enough for me where I will give it a a week two and a half frenzies.
1: That's all you can hope for from one of those.
0: Yeah, low budget yeah you know old older actors and actresses basically hitching on to a movie that they hope with a decent director smaller budget smaller studio will take off it's not as bad as everybody's telling you it is kids there you go all right so then we transition to books and a newer detective yes Joe Nesbo has
1: been around for almost 15 years now, I think coming out of Norway. He's got his detective, Harry hole who works for Oslo's crime squad, who by default has become their go-to guy to solve serial killings. His past, He's been through the FBI training on identifying and profiling. He just has a knack for this kind of thing. He's picks up on those subtle details that a lot of other people miss. He goes with his gut. He thinks outside the box. Well, as Killing Moon kicks off, we find Harry... Trying to drink himself to death in Los Angeles. He's escaped Oslo after the murder of his wife and the suicide of probably his best friend in the last book. I'm not going to give a lot away. There's a lot going on. But Harry's there in Los Angeles trying to drink himself to death. Being the alcoholic that he is, he can think of no other noble way to go getting as far from home as he can unwittingly befriends an aging actress whose time has passed her by and her last ditch hope for a comeback movie, unfortunately went the way of financing it with money borrowed from a Mexican loan shark. And unwittingly, Harry saves her from the two guys confronting her saves her, almost kills one of them, but gets in their crosshairs and they find the loan shark finds them. And just as Harry gets a phone call from home from the lawyer of a businessman who's accused of murdering two former lovers thinking that he might be the next serial killer. He wants to hire somebody to prove he's innocent. The lawyer reaches out. They track down Harry, said, name your price. And with him being held at gunpoint as they're getting ready to kill the old lady actress, Harry negotiates for a million dollars to have a little bit extra after he pays off her $900,000 loan. He's given 10 days to solve it. Hmm. So Harry flies back to Oslo where he has to pull together a uh, off the books team because he's no longer associated with the police. He's on his own. He's gotta solve the crime and come to grips with what happened to his wife and his best friend and confronting his best friend's wife who's the mother of Harry's child wow. which happened during a drunken fugue of his she took advantage <laughs> of Harry a few while ago which i'm not going to give any spoilers Where are these women when i need them <laughs> but with all the twists and turns and trying to figure out what the hell's going on in this ultimate revenge against the businessman. It's a solid three and a half. It's a decent pace. There's enough to keep you guessing who is the killer because they allude that it could be one of, two people but is it one of those two so very well done a lot going on in this one so one of his better one of his better books so i will give killing moon a solid three and a half
0: well see now i feel bad because i was trying to stay on the fringes in my review of Marlowe and didn't really give away much of the plot where you there's, I'm there's, not saying you did anything wrong. I'm just saying you were like diving into the plot.
1: Because you have giving the intro of why it's he's going back. There's so much going on when he's back that there there's just a lot to delve into.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and with Marlowe it's typical West Coast detective stuff. Yeah. So, femme fatales, you know, yeah. missing those... missing lovers yeah. and that type of thing. So there's not yeah. nearly as much complexity. Marlowe's
1: more well known right. than the Harry Hole. Yeah. So you, you really have to go back to a number of the stories to get a feel for what's going on and where Harry's at at this point.
0: All right, next week, with Dave off, you will have my review of Renfield with Nicolas Cage playing Dracula. That's on Peacock? Yes, and I have watched the first half an hour. And the only reason I'm committing to this review for next week is because the first half hour was a hell of a lot better than I expected i have been told by two people i work with
1: that it's pretty damn good
0: yeah the the ads the the commercials for it didn't do it justice from what i can tell so far because the first half hour is great i mean great fun well done well written nicholas cage is awesome i've been told his
1: facial expressions yeah. alone are worth watching it well, for.
0: his facial expressions through the makeup As he tries to regenerate. So, yeah, he's talking through various stages of putty layered on his face. And that's, I mean, it's fun. It's great. So, so far, I'm very encouraged. So, yeah, I'm going to follow through, finish up Renfield for next week. Um, And again, I didn't have high hopes for this one at all. But again, I think it's because the commercials couldn't show the blood because it's very bloody. (laughs) Yeah. And you know with the language restrictions and everything. Even uh, Aquafina isn't that irritating. So wow, yeah. So I, I'm in, I'm encouraged by what I've seen from Renfield so far. Yep. Two weeks.
1: We're gonna have Extraction
0: Two. Yes, I will hold off on my review of Extraction Two, even though I could do it next week. There is no way in hell without Dave. I'm reviewing that movie because Dave and I are huge fans of the first one with Chris Hemsworth. Now we're going to watch it probably first night.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: But we'll hold off on our review until we can both get together and talk with you kids about it together. And I can't wait for this, this what, 20 plus minute single shot scene that the Russos have put together. Yeah. Can't wait to see this. Can't wait. All right, little bit of movie news to wrap up segment two. Most of it about the strike. And guess what? (sighs) I am going to tell you something, kids. You are witnessing the downfall of the most profitable, creative movie franchise, movie universe of all time. The Marvel Universe is done. The Marvel Universe is sunk. It is over. And you know where you heard the prediction first? Right here. The Writers Guild of America strike has now pushed multiple Marvel movies back yet again. Not one, but two years at least. Blade has now been pushed back again. Remember, it got pushed back because they had to switch directors. But now because of the strike, Blade will not come out until 2025. The two Avengers movies revolving around Kang, the villain that was introduced in Quantumania, have now respectfully been pushed back to 2026 and 2027. And outside the Marvel Universe, but still impacting Disney, which is all I care about. Burn down the Mouse House. Burn it down. Dave, Avatar 3 has been pushed back to 2025. And av- re- re- <laughs> really?
1: 2025? Does anybody really think he's going
0: to get that done? Oh, it gets better. Because, of course, you know this is now five movies. Avatar 4 has been pushed back from 2026 to 2029. And then we're not even going to talk about Avatar 5 because we'll all be dead. We'll all be dead. James Cameron will most likely be dead. He'll be dead before Avatar the five one. Avatar 5 will be directed by an AI version of James Cameron and then Skynet will rain fire and hell <laughs> from the heavens down on those blue-skinned idiots.
1: Yeah, 2025 for the third one is awfully optimistic.
0: You, you, What you're doing with the Disney movies, with the, the Marvel movies, now that Disney is running the show, is you are spreading these movies out so much, you should you're going to lose continuity. On top of the fact that they're PC crap. That the writing and the
1: storylines are awful to begin with.
0: Because all we've got left this year is the Marvels at Christmas time. And
1: really, if you've seen the previews, it looks like a pathetic joke.
0: Next year, you get Captain America. Thunderbolts, by the way, got pushed back, too. So that's another one. (sighs) Ugh. They keep they keep, they they insist though. They keep saying Deadpool 3 is still a go, set for next summer. Yeah, we'll see. I'm just saying. That's now their shining light because just like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which we predicted because it was James Gunn, it was his vision. He said, "I'm not doing Disney. I'm doing me. This is the and what it, what has it done it has been a complete and total success compared to the last few Marvel movies it's gonna end up making at least as much as the first one might not get to the the second one but still very successful
1: yes I think it's prob I think it's the best of the three
0: but again Deadpool 3 if they leave it alone and let the creators the original creators of the first two do their thing, It'll be fine. Yep. Stay. Especially hell with Wolverine back of, again.
1: Oh my God. That's going <coughs> to push it over the top.
0: And that's a nice segue to wrap up segment two because in segment three, I will be talking a little bit more about Wolverine. But we also have to talk about TV and streaming news and America's favorite game show. Dumbass or not. Stay tuned, kids. Lots more fun coming your way. When your day of dealing with international intrigue is over and you've settled down in your Aston Martin, call up Sports Frenzy 2.0 on your phone or smart car stereo. Every Thursday, Kevin Dave will take your mind off the megalomaniac who just had a laser. Pointed at your genitals with the best sports criticism around. And don't forget to listen to the weekend edition every Saturday so you can plan out your entertainment options with the femme fatale of your choice. Grab a martini, shaken, not stirred, and check out Frenzy Sports Frenzy 2.0. third and final segment here for the weekend edition taping on june the 14th 2023 hitting saturday morning as always your weekend hangover cure in this case june the 17th 2023 i'm the maestro kevin Crane. i'm the conquistador dave height we have covered music we have covered movies it is time to cover books are done books are done isn't that a country band That's Brooks and Dunn. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Gotcha. (sighs) All right. As always, I have Come on, Donnie. (laughs) I have to give my quick rundown of Beavis and Butthead. As it's almost wrapping up, season two of the new series, Almost Done, episode nine from last week, Stolen Valor where old Beavis and Butthead somehow get into the local VFW, (laughs) convince the the veterans that they are actually former (laughs) undercover operatives. Oh, God. Just so they can get free beer. (laughs) (laughs) But, of course, somehow screw it up in the end. Because that's what they do. And then Breeding Frenzy, where... The young normal Beavis and Butthead decide that they are going to breed dogs. Oh, God. Yet somehow they get a raccoon and decide <laughs> that, that the raccoon can breed with the dogs. Oh, God, help us. And hilarity ensues. Of course, it does. Actually, very good episode. So, next week. I will wrap up season two of Beavis and Butthead on Paramount+. Plus.
1: There you go. Yes, it's
0: juvenile. Yes, I get mocked and ridiculed for being in my mid to late 50s and still liking it, but... Screw you! I don't
1: care! It's based in the 80s where we grew up. Where we had the times of our
0: lives. That is right. Now... Let me tell you a little lesson, kids, little, little lesson, life lesson. For those of you who are older, you know this. For those of you who are younger, and at some point in time, reality will set in and you'll realize we're right. When you want to get, get married and settle down and have a child, You know, after, you know, you sign the consent agreement to touch a boob and then to actually have sexual intercourse, and you've had it notarized and stamped and signed, and then you have a child. You got three notaries and five witnesses
1: to the event that everything is taking place on the up and up. And
0: that child ends up growing up, and that child will inevitably be completely different from you, and that child will recommend things to you. Like my child, the protege, a former member of Sports Frenzy.
1: I, I, I'm sorry things went off the rails there.
0: <laughs> she was in town last week. Great to see her. Love Loved to see her. Ate a lot of greasy, bad food, and that was awesome. But.
1: You know, my niece never even contacted us while she was in town
0: it takes her two weeks to respond to a text from me. Okay. So don't feel so bad. Here's the lesson. Never, ever, ever take recommendations from your children ever when it comes to music or movies or TV, because inevitably they're not going to watch the same thing that you like. They're weird. They're different. They're strange. Okay? God, I got the two exceptions to the rule. This is a show you and I have talked about, by the way. So I'm giving you fair warning. Oh, God. We've ridiculed its production, haven't we? No, this is something that we both thought looked interesting. Oh. And we were thinking about watching it. That's a shock. And Cassidy recommended it. And I'm like, well, I was thinking of watching it anyway. Well, if she recommended
1: it, that should have automatically
0: taken it off of our watch list. We were thinking about, correct me if I'm wrong, we had talked about jury duty, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Because it was recommended to me from somebody that I work with whose
0: opinion I usually agree with. You were going to take that person- Walk them out during lunch break. Take them to a back alley and beat them to a bloody pulp. Is oh what you're going God. to do. Wow. Jury duty is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Ouch. It has a what we thought was a brilliant premise. Supposedly, this whole trial involved in jury duty is fake. Except for one person who supposedly does not know that everybody else outside of James Marsden, who is literally an actor, everybody's an actor, the judge, the prosecuting attorney, the defending attorney, the defendant.
1: Every member of the jury except for that one person.
0: The only problem is, okay, two episodes in, I can't do it anymore. I watched two episodes. I'm like, I don't get the joke there you don't ever you would think you would have some kind of scene or scenes where the other people the actors are talking about oh yeah what are you going to do with this scene what are you going to do you know tomorrow no no it, there th- it's not like we're in on the joke it, it's it's like it plays out like there is no joke even though they tell us at the beginning of every episode, the exact premise. This is a, this is a comical look at the inner workings of the American judicial system. Everybody is an actor except for one guy, but they don't really act like that. And it's filmed and it's got the same tone and the same style as the office. And I'm just not a big office fan. You know, the whole...
1: See, I was worried it was... I thought you were going to say it comes off like reality
0: TV. No, no, not not like that. But it's just... It's just not funny. It, I don't get the joke. And I'm not going to wait through five or six episodes until they finally start to let the veneer crack. And, you know... People, the actors start to talk to each other. If they're all actors and they're all in on it except the one guy, why can't we ever see what's going on behind the scenes with all the actors talking about what they're going to do the next day? How are you going to play up the next day when we're filming this? It's just very weird. Somebody at work asked me. That's kind of depressing. Somebody at work asked me well, is it like the Truman Show? I'm like, no, the Truman Show was good. The Truman Show, at least you understood when it was revealed that it was all, you know, Jim Carrey's character was stuck in the middle of a film of his life. This just, it's pointless. It goes nowhere. It's not funny. That's disappointing. I'm telling you. One of the most disappointing, awful shows ever. I didn't watch the whole thing. I have learned I'm not wasting my time. I watched two episodes. That's it. I'm done. I'm out, Jerry. I'm out of the contest. There you go. Well, (coughs) Mrs. C and I have
1: gotten through the first season of a show that we've talked about watching. It's been done for a few years now. We're finally getting to the point to be able to watch it. We have finished season one of breaking bad. Very good. Now, how was the, I am loving it. The hype is there. It's deserved. Very well acted. It's disturbing. But you see why things play out the way they play out. I'm in. Okay. Well So it's it's not disappointing at all. That doesn't shock it's me. It's very good. It's living up to the hype.
0: Yeah, that doesn't shock me. Um again, that's one of the shows that I've always wanted to get around to watching. And I did watch the first couple episodes and then kind of faded out on it. So Yep. So
1: we're in it. How long it takes us, I don't know, but we're in it now.
0: You and I are going to have issues with this because I know you have been pushing me to finish up Gotham Knights, and I did actually watch about half an hour of it this week. Obviously, after watching Jury Duty, wish I'd watched a lot more. (laughs) News came down this week. CW canceled it. So no season two. No. So now I don't know whether I should follow through on the rest or not. You know, do, because
1: I really like the way they address Harvey Dent and his alternate persona.
0: So I just hate that, though. You know, I hate that. I know that. it just—they pull the rug out from under you. And this week, there's nothing.
1: For whatever reason, last week they said coming back on the twentieth. I'm like, seriously, you're skipping a week in the middle of summer where there's nothing else going on. You're delaying the final two episodes. Oh, but they're bringing really? back.
0: Uh, Superman and Lois, Clark and Lois, whatever the hell that is. No, Gotham
1: Knights had a great premise to it. It has not been a disappointment.
0: And You know, I've liked what I've watched. I'm, what, five episodes in now? It it surprised me in how it was better than I thought. Yeah. Compared to some of the crap the CWs put out when it comes to the DC Universe. Yeah.
1: Now, you're going to get to a couple things like, yeah, you knew it was coming, but it's it's okay. It's done they've in been, that natural. It's not right, forced. Right. It's addressed on going. We're,
0: right. So, yeah, I know there's, there's some checkbox stuff going yeah. on in there. But, yeah, like you said, I've admired the fact that so far they've handled it. In a way that doesn't bludgeon you over the head yeah, with it.
1: It's you. It, it's building, but it's not in your face, right? Which that's the way to do it if you're going to do it,
0: right? Right. Going that's- back to the last segment when I reviewed Marlow, you got a gay character. Then they have an African American character that they kind of push in there, but. They do it in a way where you're like, I can live with it. It's not, again, beating you over the head with it. It's subtle. They don't make a big deal about it. You know, the African-American guy doesn't talk about racism every five minutes. You know, the gay character, outside of the one funny joke (laughs) I mentioned, doesn't talk about any of that stuff. So... If it's done right, we've always said this, if it's done right, it's That's not fine. a big deal. But just we don't have don't a problem with being representative. Just, just don't act forcing like forcing it. The one percent is ninety-nine percent. Exactly. Well, an American icon is retiring. Pat Sajak is leaving Wheel of Fortune after. Next season, 41 seasons as host of Wheel <sighs> of Fortune. It's a hell of a run. Yep. One of America's all time most beloved game show hosts. And, yep, I'm sure is
1: not far behind.
0: And, of course, in a couple minutes, we'll have to address this again in a certain other segment. Bum, bum, bum. But. We have to move on to moments of silence in our sports edition this week we <laughs> thankfully did not have any but here, wow, lots of people notorious, not necessarily people we want to recognize.
1: No, but, but
0: just the place in history right. so we, Let,
1: we let's let's do that right off. Let's the get bat. those two
0: out of the way real quick. Yeah. Number one, of course, the Unabomber. Ted Kaczynski,
1: who terrorized politicians for
0: years with mail bombs. I have no problem with protesting. I think it's a fundamental part of America. You've got to stand up against the man, but this is not the way to do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, I did want to get that out there, though, that dissent is necessary especially with what we're dealing with right now in this country. And I hate the fact that certain factions, certain thoughts, th- certain viewpoints are being cracked down on where others are not.
1: There's, there's ways to go about things right. and right. ways to not go
0: about things. Yes. Violence is not an option. Then, of course, in the world of religion, politics, Pat Robertson passed away.
1: There you go. Yeah. One of those televangelists that rock the airwaves, stealing money
0: from the poor. Are there the any poor. televangelists that aren't sleazy? No, not at all. If they're really good and pure of heart. They're not they gonna, on TV. Yeah, they're going to get on TV and try to take money from people. Yeah building the mega churches and ripping people off. Yeah. Yeah. No. All right. You've got a couple. Now we move back into the ones that entertained us, made us laugh, made us cry. The ones that we really want to recognize.
1: Yeah. So we will start off with probably one of the big ones, actor treat Williams killed in an accident. He was riding his motorcycle collided with another vehicle that was turning still don't know exactly what happened just an unfortunate accident I don't know who wasn't paying attention but uh of course he made it his big breakout was starring in the movie version of the musical hair a lot of other roles was in everwood on TV personally I liked the little bit character he played as a soldier in 1941. <laughs> But thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of Treat Williams. 71. Then we have author Cormac McCarthy passes away. Natural causes at 89. Most notable for his novels turned into movies, The Road, and probably most famous, No Country for Old Men. So thoughts and prayers to his family
0: and friends. Then I've got two more, um, big names, at least one's a big name. One is a little bit more of a personal one that Dave will probably appreciate. Let's start off with that. Little known actor, Paul Jeffrey passed away here this past week. Who is Paul Jeffrey, Maestro? Well, he starred in one of the greatest movies of all time. What? Maestro, what? He starred as Percival in John Borman's exemplary Excalibur.
1: Ah, great, great movie from, was it 1980? Sounds about right, yeah. With Liam Neeson, Helen Mirren. Yep. Yep. Just an unbelievable
0: movie. Phenomenal.
1: Utha. Phenomenal cast. Yep. Extremely well done version of King Arthur and best, the Knights the best of ever. Camelot. Best ever.
0: Not even close. Best ever.
1: Two versions. Two versions. The PG version and the R-rated version.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because the R-rated version, get boobies. Yeah. <laughs> lots of boobies. Yep. But uh, no, mo- mm-hmm. the movie is phenomenal. I we're not un- no. I'm telling you we're not overselling it, kids. No. Excalibur is It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's like if you look back at Star Wars the original, A New Hope, we look at it as the first one, of course it's chapter 4, whatever. Even though the special effects are dated, It's still to us. It's a solid movie that holds up. That's how you have to look at Excalibur.
1: Kind of like you would the original Clash of the Titans. Yes. You have to get beyond, well, it doesn't have the great special effects. Those were great for the time. Remember that.
0: American Werewolf in London is another one. The great Rick Baker, who was actually able to use prosthetics and makeup instead of using computer effects yeah the thing
1: john carpenter
0: yep old school sometimes is a lot more effective than just a a green screen and a bunch of people in black suits with ping pong balls stuck to them yep
1: so thought some prayers to his family and friends
0: finally a true true legend in the world of comic books co-creator of two of the greatest characters if not the two greatest characters of all time in comic book history he co-created not only the Wolverine but the Punisher that is one John Romita senior literally one of the Mount Rushmore guys when it comes to comic book history yeah absolutely all right, Dave. Or should I say Ross Keller? What time is it? It's
1: time to pivot. Pivot.
0: We go from paying tribute to those who have just left us to Mocking the people the we idiots. wish would leave. We want these people to leave us alone. And since Dare we, have, we
1: say we might put one or two on the plane of doom?
0: I think one's already on it. <laughs> permanent, yeah, permanent, permanent fixture. One, well, actually two of them. <laughs> I think we got two repeat offenders. Five potential dumbasses of the week here to wrap up the weekend edition. Your Uncle Dave is going to be our contestant, as he always is. Four, dumbass or not. We need to create our own theme song for this. (laughs) We used to have that montage with Red Foreman. Yes. The way he's living his life, death Death would would be a a sweet release. release i am actually starting off with a website that i love that i listen to that i i read that i go to every day ultimate dot and this is going back to just last week dave what did we think of the new foo fighters album very disappointing Ultimate Classic Rock today just updated their list of the Foo Fighters albums, ranked best to worst. This, for us, would be the worst. Ultimate Classic Rock today put But Here We Are as the third best Foo Fighters album.
1: What are they, stoned out of their damn minds? Did they if listen it, to it? If it was
0: Rolling Stone, I would expect that. But
1: good God, no, no, no! That's a travesty.
0: Yes, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't that.
1: get it, dumbasses.
0: Yes, third best of all their albums. Third best? No, no, not even close. Yeesh. No, yeesh. Wow, Marlon Wayans. Cited for disturbing the peace, an incident with United Airlines at an airport in Denver, of course, had to take to social media with a profane rant. I'll never fly United again. They treated me so bad because supposedly he tried to take too much carry-on luggage through the gate. The gate attendant told him, you're going to have to consolidate or check your bags.
1: Like a normal person.
0: And, of course, he couldn't do it. The guy told him, you're going to have to check bags. Guy missed it. Marlon Wayans missed his flight. Oh, well. Had to cancel his show that night. Too damn bad. You are, I'm
1: sick of these elitists thinking that they are above everything. No special treatment, dumbass.
0: And why do you have to always go on social media and then just post profanity about everything?
1: Because they do not have the intellect. Well, number one, they have to draw more attention to themselves. Yeah, thinking, oh, I'm somebody special. I should get special treatment. No, you shouldn't. Isn't
0: he like the fifth most important weigh-ins? <laughs> Probably. CBS. Can't God, I, broadcast miss, shit. I miss the old days of Johnny Carson, David Letterman back before he grew his old man's easy top beard. <laughs> I miss the old days when we could actually watch the 1130 Eastern Standard Time late night shows and enjoy them. They were actually funny. And relevant, but CBS has not learned. CBS just announced they are going to extend one Stephen Colbert for another three years. Oh God, why taking him all the way through twenty twenty six? He's not funny. I literally—he's on the plane of doom. Oh, he is. He's on. The- I can't stand the guy. I think he's I've evil personified. Never liked
1: the hat
0: He's not funny. His only sole purpose in life is to inflame emotions and get people pissed off. Oh, let's make another joke about Donald Trump. (laughs) Oh, look, another repeat offender. Remember how I was talking about Pat Sajak retiring next year from the Wheel of Fortune? Yes. Do you know who wants to take his place, who has put her name out there, to officially be considered as the next host of the Wheel of Fortune?
1: Uh,
0: Think about somebody. Which which one from The View? Who do you think? Behar
1: or Whoopi? Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, for the love of God. (laughs) Hell to the
0: effing no. Whoopi Goldberg has come out and said she wants the Wheel of Fortune hosting gig. No. Once Pat Jack retires. No. Please, so, God, no. So what, I'm four for four right now? Yes, yes, you are. Okay, we'll see if I go five for five. Megan Fox. Okay. Megan Fox. So, okay. Conflicting emotions already here. Got upset with somebody who called her out because her three sons are always wearing dresses. She claims that they are expressing their gender identity. (laughs) Whereas the people who are criticizing her are saying, there is no way in hell all three of your sons, even if one of them was expressing their femininity and wanted to wear a dress, how are all three of your sons, Wearing dresses if you're not forcing them to. Exactly. She's a nutcase. There's no way in hell, mathematics, odds, statistics do not say that all three of her sons want to be feminine and want to wear dresses.
1: She's one of those manipulative
0: dumbasses in Hollywood. And of course, look who she's with. Machine Gun Kelly. Another dumbass in his own right. Good to see that my record, at least this week, remains spotless. Yes. Five for five. So, again, next week, your Uncle Dave will be gone. It will just be your Uncle Kev to guide you through with Queens of the Stone Age, Renfield, maybe some other fun stuff, especially on the TV and streaming side. We'll see if I can't, like, your. Uncle Dave dug into Breaking Bad. Maybe there's a show out there I'll start watching. Off the Beaten Path. There saving you go. Extraction 2 for two weeks. Yep, we'll have a solid review on that. Oh, Star Trek! Strange New World starts this week. There you go. I will there have, you have it. I will have my review of the, the first episode of Season 2 of Anson Mount as Christopher Pike in Strange New World. So there you go. I forgot about that. Uncle Dave, hope you have a great anniversary week with Mr. C. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you kids in a couple weeks. Take care. We love you. Check out the Facebook page. See you later, kids.